everybody welcome to the album crawl this week it's a podcast where i james johnson along with my co-host paul johnson walk through crawl through an album each week we're picking stuff kind of all over the place stuff we don't like stuff we like stuff we have no idea what it is we don't know what to expect we go through what we like what we don't like production notes music lyrics whatever whatever grabs our attention and uh this week we're doing 1970s Paranoid by Black Sabbath. Um, and, 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 and to note, and to note uh, when one person picks the album, the other person can't do any research on it. So basically, I've heard the album several times and I've got my own notes, but I actually don't really know anything about the circumstances around Paranoid Black Sabbath's recording. Correct. Yes, that's, a, that's an important, important thing to note. I did. I do. I picked this album. I did the research now. Yeah. It's not the dentist research. So I don't. We don't. We're not book studiers over here. We're not going to the library. But hey, we 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 scan the Wikipedia page. We try to figure out what's going on here. Yeah, we know more than you do, unless you're my dad or my dad's friends. <laughs> Especially in terms of this album. So, <laughs> like I said, this week we're doing 1970s Paranoid by Black Sabbath, their second album. And uh, Paul, what do you got? What do you? What is your? What's your relation to this? Yeah, I mean. So, I, so coming into it, I mean, I, I think growing up without hearing Iron Man, Paranoid, uh, or Paranoid, uh, it would be basically impossible, or War Pigs, really. Um, first learned about War Pigs on Guitar Hero, like many people my age, and uh, played that. So that was, I think, the first Black Sabbath song I really heard. Do you remember um, it being, like, a little daunting because it was so long? Because I remember it being very daunting. Cause it oh, was so for long. sure. Yeah, definitely. Like, and there were some hard was... parts, too. And yeah. you know there are that's there's some pretty good guitar solos parts in there, and yeah I remember that yeah I was I was a little bit scared of War Pigs, <laughs> and and maybe you should be you know after hearing the song what it's about and stuff like that too so mm-hmm. um so I yeah I I'm not a, a metal fan at all metal I probably like country music more than I like metal so this this I feel like is uh. I've always thought of Black Sabbath as kind of the introduction to metal, but after listening to this, um, I I got to say it's 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 like a it's almost like a psychedelic rock uh, album combined with I mean there's a lot more rock than psychedelic, but there's there's kind of a lot of that energy going on, and I was surprised by that, um, and and oh my gosh, the musicianship on this on this album and the 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 mu- and also the music production on it was just so solid and fun and the combat the synchronicity between all of the different uh, instruments on on the album comes together in a way that is just completely unique and i have to say probably uh just pure magic because you, you just couldn't logically create some of the stuff that they did on this album so um as far as going into it and where i'm at now i would say that i was very surprised at some of the themes of the music after reading over the songwriting i was very impressed at the music production for this being their first album and i definitely like black sabbath a lot more now than i did 
before <laughs> before listening to it. Definitely. I remember my, um, I uh, basically the same thing as you. I knew War Pigs, which I always really liked. And I knew Paranoid Iron Man, which always were kind of just songs that I knew. Um, and then I remember this, I had a friend in high school. He, we were driving around and he, sh- he played Ca- Planet Caravan for me. And I never went back and listened to it, but I, I knew it from listening to it. This time I was like, this was totally that song because I was like, this is Black Sabbath. Like, are you, ser- are you <laughs> kidding me? He's like, yeah, dude. Sorry, let me do my brand impression. Yeah, man, Black Sabbath rules. <laughs> and uh, I've always like been wanting to go back and listen to them. So this is my perfect excuse to do so. And um, I, I completely agree. Like this was, it really delivered on all my expectations of them being more than what I had expected them to be which was, yeah, like the same thing, uh, the, the, the birthers of, of heavy metal and death metal. And I don't like metal very much at all, but this album is just like, it's, you can't deny its power. It's, it's unreal. And um, it is, I don't, oh, uh, well, I guess I'll correct you later, but it is not their first album, it is their second album. Oh, yeah. But uh, it is truly magical. Like I, end to end this is not a lot of lows and I, I was i was i was definitely just more impressed than i was expecting to i thought i was gonna go into it being like, okay it'll be cool and i'll have more respect for them but boy i like the songs and that, that was a pretty crazy finding um but let's let's get into their history so black sabbath they were an english rock band they were formed in birmingham in 1968 by they're guitars. from birmingham 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 is basically like the middle of nowhere. I believe so. I don't know a lot about English. It's, it's basically geography. like the Midwest. I think it's like two hours or three hour drive north of London, and it's basically like the Nebraska. Of, of that explains United. that explains this album more than anything. I feel like. Uh, so like a funny accent. So Ozzy's from Birmingham. Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, well, I don't know. If, I'm pretty sure he's from there. I imagine if it, it is what you say, then they're not from outside there. And they're yeah, right there. yeah. I don't think anybody moves from London to Birmingham to start a band. So yeah, that's pretty so wild. It was formed by guitarist Tony E I O M M I E O M I. Sure. Drummer Bill Ward, bassist Geezer Butler, and vocalist Ozzy Osbourne, and they're often cited as the pioneers of heavy metal music. Um, they were just dudes that were around town. They were trying to be in bands <laughs> and uh, they all got together and they were like, let's be in a band. Like uh, they found Ozzy uh, because they had a different uh, vocalist first, but they found, they didn't like him. They kicked him out. They found an Ozzy because he had a, um, a ad up that said singer wanting to join band. I have no my way. own, P- I have my own PA <laughs> or something like that. And, um, and so they called him up and they're like, oh, this guy works what a win and uh, originally they were they're known as the polka tuck blues which is named after oh i'm sorry uh the polka tuck polka tulk blues band what so, which again explains some of the stuff in this album like it is it's pretty bluesy in influence and it was known for some indian restaurant in their neighborhood or something the polka tulk and so they did they, they that was cool uh they eventually changed it to earth just earth they toured nice. that around. They even made a couple demos under that name and they were playing bands. Um, but apparently there was another band also named Earth. That they were surprise, surprise. <laughs> so they decided to change it. And also they decided to change the Black Sabbath uh, based on the direction of the band they wanted to go in. 
Um, it changed with Iomi and Ozzy Osbourne. They were in their like rehearsal space or in their apartment and they were across the street from a movie theater and was playing this old horror movie or no, I guess it would have been current horror movie. <laughs> and they saw like a line around the block and they, they, they basically thought to themselves like, isn't that crazy that you got this thing that scares people to death, but they'll line outside the block to go see it. And so they kind of thought of creating a horror movie, but for music to, to have that be kind of their, their, their bit, their, 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 their pitch is that, 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 that's what will set them apart. Not only will they play cool music, but they'll, they'll have this like dark, scary tones to them that will, you know, possibly draw people in and, uh, I think that, you know, that's obviously what kind of leads them to being the, one of the big parts of that is what leads them to being the father of heavy metal music is just the whole, you know, aesthetics around them. Not, it is, it is definitely in the music. It's definitely in the lyrics. Um, but, you know, their whole, like the way they dress and wearing all black and all that, it's, 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 you know, it's indebted to that idea of wanting to kind of be a part of that subculture. Wow. I, to guys, me, that more that more than anything explains what their whole gig is. Because we're a bunch of Nebraskans playing blues music, and then just decided, then this just kind of birthed out of it. I, I yeah. definitely, I definitely was the reason, probably the reason why I didn't originally listen to Black Sabbath was that same reason. Is I don't, I don't, I, I hate horror movies, and like I don't, and I, yeah. I generally avoid that stuff. So, yeah. but, well, but they got the people that they wanted to. Well, and yeah, there's definitely the thing in my brain of like, and I, I, I say this, I try to say it without judgment because obviously tons of my music leans on some, something or other too, some kind of aesthetic, but I never really appealed to the aesthetic of like, oh, if we just act like this, then that'll make the music better when I just like don't, and I just don't like the music at all. I don't resonate with it for the most part. Um, any kind of new metal, I just don't like <laughs> Although, you know, Slipknot has a couple of cool songs, I guess. But, like, in general, like, I just, it just doesn't click with me at all. But totally. I, I do like the idea of it. Um, so they did that. And uh, in 1970, they were able to get their first album out. Uh, it was released on Friday the 13th in February of 1970. It was self titled called Black Sabbath. And it was received critically very poorly. Uh, people did not like what they were doing. They did what? not like critics. Critics did not like what they're doing, but commercially it sold really well, and they they clearly got a fan base from it. Like people were really picking up on it. Um, you know, they got the outsiders. The outsiders really liked you know what they what they were doing, and so wow. uh, they immediately went back to the studio and they started recording again. Um, and this album came out September eighteenth, nineteen seventy. They just put another one out same year. I remember I, I was looking at their, I, I, I got to Black Sabbath because it was like a long train that got me here. But basically I remember like trying to find the album, like what I should do. And first I listened to all of Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. And I was like, okay, this is a little bit slow and drawing. It's very, very scary in, a, in quotes. You, you definitely, yeah, you definitely see them going for that. The Black Sabbath, like the, the uh, the satanic kind of stuff that doesn't appear as much on this album, um, and I was like, okay, I don't know. But then I see Paranoia, that's also 1970, and I'm like, why are these both 1970? Which one is first? Because I was like, why? No one puts out two albums in one year, but True. they did <laughs> in the 60s. You or in the 70s, you could you could just pump them out, I guess. So mm. this wow. album. This album, which uh, you may, may not surprise you, is obviously their most well-known album. 
um, before it came out, it got a really strong lead in because of Paranoid. Uh, that got uh, a lot of airplay. Um, and so this one completely skyrocketed them to fame and, and made them, you know, rock stars. And uh, just one other note I have about this is originally before it came out, though, they did want it to be called War Pigs um, as opposed to Paranoid. Um, but there's a couple stories of why it is not called War Pigs. The first, which I like this reason, or, you know, let's start with the less cool reason. The less cool reason is just that the label thought that War Pigs wouldn't sell as well as Paranoid was. They thought that was a better title and they, they, they had picked the imagery. Uh, I don't know. The imagery went with War Pigs. So yeah, I don't know. They, they kind of changed it last minute and they just thought it would sell better because the single was so strong. It, it would be more likely that they would purchase an album based off the really well single as opposed to War Pigs. Uh, sure. The second, which is the cooler reason, is that they were scared of the anti-establishment uh, themes that go along with the name War Pigs and obviously what War Pigs is about. And they thought they were scared that that wouldn't sell as well because of it. And so they went with Paranoid. I like that one more. <laughs> Definitely. Which, I like which, them like being cooler. <laughs> which brings us to the uh, album cover. Of course. It is a sort of psychedelic cop with a sword in hand and a, and a shield. <laughs> yeah it, I, I don't know if he's moving i think he's not wearing pants either i think he's wearing pants are you sure it looks like he's wearing I'm not a, sure a, a, no. it kind of looks like he's wearing a speedo that would be insane if he was wearing a speedo it's I'm hard gonna, to tell um but yeah uh i always love to talk about how much i like it when the album cover matches with the music and uh i think I, I think you'll agree with me in saying that this is a very good representation of what you're about to listen to yeah yeah it's a near perfect one i mean i'm not sure you can get much better than what's going on with this <laughs> you got you've got the themes you got the, the aesthetic perfectly um mm-hmm. man the one lone dark tree so he's in the forest just chasing you yeah, you're getting swung at. You're running away from a cop in the forest, and he's swinging at you with a sword. It's it's, and you're paranoid. Mm-hmm. And you're paranoid. <laughs> That's not really what paranoid's about. And we can get to that, but uh, <laughs> but it's definitely a it's an unforgettable album cover because you have to dissect it. Your brain it doesn't want to just let that stay. Yeah, or like, maybe you do because it's a lot of work trying to figure out what the heck is going on yeah it's, it's it's weird because it's not it's not like they could have just picked like a normal cop outfit but he looks like he's wearing a soldier's uniform really yeah i mean he's, he's holding like, a sword yeah he's got a sword and a shield which is just mm-hmm. ridiculous because uh, they could have just got a normal cop uniform or a normal so- soldier uniform and gone yeah. with anything like a gun or anything yeah. like that but yeah. no they, they went with weird offbeat uh uniform like space uniform with a yeah. with a like a 1700s english shield and mm-hmm. like a a sword that just doesn't belong in england at all the sword looks like it's more of like an egyptian sword yeah i would say definitely more middle east uh saber type he's wearing like absolutely a, no sense he looks like you know what he looks like he looks like a uh like a star wars rebellion you know like the rebels and like in the original star wars is yeah kind of looks like <laughs> i can see that and you know that would kind of that would also play in with the the large sci-fi themes that, that come into play in this album too where it's like uh and you know especially at this time i feel like sci-fi and old stuff kind of like paired really well together like it like star wars where it's old but new but futuristic you know hmm. 
where you have that's where you have this modern with old with new with future I, I don't know yeah i don't know either i don't know <laughs> enough about that at all <laughs> i was gonna say what other albums came out around here it's 1970 so woodstock just happened mm-hmm. uh, led zeppelin is just putting I, out their like third album i think yeah i think of led zeppelin as probably the biggest contemporary um to compare them to which makes sense i mean like you think of led zeppelin as you know the kind of godfathers of like hard rock uh yeah whereas definitely. like they were they were harder more serious than like the who, the who. was yeah. yeah yeah you know so oh let's see here oh you know they formed in 1968 as well which is pretty crazy but zeppelin but this is just this but zeppelin three no well parts of it i think would definitely be hard compared to true true not 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 like they're copying them but but being cut from the same cloth and and i would also say that a lot of parts of this album sound like the who yeah oh i would i would i would not be surprised to make those uh it wouldn't be hard to make those comparisons either um yeah led zeppelin three came out in uh, 1970 so that makes that man that makes sense so they were they were they were huge rock stars by the time this came out yeah these guys were hot on their trails but paving their own path yeah their certainly. own dark creepy path yeah certainly nothing nothing at least you know prove, prove us wrong send us an email album the album crawl at gmail.com but uh, i don't think anything sounded like black sabbath before black sabbath came out yeah i'd, I'd be kind of surprised oh, actually yeah we'll, we'll see we shall see. Or legion of fans. We'll dig something up, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you say? Uh, Should we get into it? What do you think? I think I think I think it's time. I think it's time we start to listen to War Pigs. at black masses evil minds that plot destruction sorcerer of death's construction in the fields of bodies burning as the war machine keeps turning death and hatred to mankind Wash my hands. Oh, larger. I mean, they start off with a real punch to the face. It's just, just an absolutely unforgettable introduction to a song. <laughs> I wonder how many people can repeat that entire thing just to the first like drum kick. 
yeah it's crazy like i know it so well and i don't listen to the song but it just drilled in my memory well i remember i went uh, with scott three to a guar show on halloween and i don't know who if you know who guar is but they're a heavy metal band and they dress in ridiculous costumes like these huge alienoid creepy they all have characters i don't they spray uh 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 <laughs> colored water on people but it's colored to be like piss and blood while everyone's like moshing it's like if you go into a venue they have like like plastic over everything because they know what's going to happen and then they're going to come out with all these hoses and spray everyone down with the shit it's ridiculous like everyone's you're supposed to wear like a white t-shirt so you can see every it's, it's just it's one of the most ridiculous things i've ever seen and before they come out and, and i don't go to heavy metal shows but scott three informed me this is a common practice uh they played this i think this entire song and then they came on stage and they they, they turned out all the lights it was pitch black they That's play this perfect. whole song and then they come out and Scott there's like, yeah, no, a lot of people do that. Like a lot of bands do that, which I think that's one of the coolest things ever. Like to have so much respect for like where you came from to do something like that. I think that, that that's really cool. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's definitely one of the best intro songs of all time. Oh, uh, yeah. Intro, intros to an album. I mean, it almost goes without yeah. saying. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, it's hard to, cause uh, before we did the show, we did Bobo or, uh, Wait, what was it? Who's next? Who's by, next? By the Who, yeah, which opens with Bob O'Reilly, which I think also is the cop, top competition with uh, best opening song. But this is, yeah, I think like, Warpigs might take it. I think Warpigs beats Bob O'Reilly too. I think it's mostly because it starts from Black Space and it and it turns into that, and they weave it all in. Yeah, and it turns into a full thing, and they get into the groove. And this is we just listened to thirty minutes to two minutes and seventeen seconds. And like, it really is spaced out and it really earns the time with that use of black space, with being so confident in how cool this is to let it breathe that much, I think is really, really cool. And just, it works way better than if this was a six minute song, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes it, that's what makes it special. Is yes. That, is, is they're not, they're that's what that's i think that's probably what makes this entire album special is that they're not afraid to take breaks the pauses in the song they let yeah. the, they let the silence breathe and mm-hmm. they use they use that effect very very well yeah and not only does it help the song work better it also i feel like a lot of the times you're you're gonna like the idea of them trying to make this sort of music they are trying to create this aesthetic and i think that blank space helps make that aesthetic when you look at the album cover and you see all this blackness like i think they do try really hard to let that blackness show and i think that that's what the darkness is in their songs or that that those empty spaces i I would i would think that's kind of what they're going for and i think it, it works so I think it's like a really strong choice uh, for, for, for many different reasons, both aesthetically and like musically. Yeah. I wonder, I want to know if, if, if they did that on the first album, if they, if they paused like that and let this yes, come to did. life. They did. Uh, but th- okay. I only briefly listen. I may have to go back and re-listen to the first album, but I only listened to it one time through. It was kind of at work, but I, I decided not to pick it just because it wouldn't be as much fun to talk about, especially for pe- us who like aren't big fans and don't go that deep it was like i think this this album is significantly more accessible but from what i remember listening to it was like okay this is really cool and dense and it was definitely more slow and more open i would say oh it's wow. it's, it's it's more 
like like i don't want to say planet caravan because that's a big cavernous thing but probably more like like electric funeral or definitely like this and like fairies wears boots i feel like it's more of like that okay. and this in this this beginning of war pigs without it being like such a punch in the face i just feel like this 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 album's uh, to me again with only one listen on the other thing but like is definitely more aggressive uh, towards wanting to, to, I don't know, identify themselves. They're just like, boom, this is who we are. We're going to fucking destroy you with our guitar. Yeah, like, yeah. we're going, and the drums are going to be turned up all the way. We are going, they do not hold back at all. No, and and, and the bass, I think the bass is probably, what to me, the bass ties this song together and makes it special. I think we can say that for, like, a lot of songs during this whole album. Yeah, it's like, true true it's every like, single instrument in this like they are yeah. so good together it's crazy yeah that's it's what hard was, to be yeah. like yeah sorry sorry continue no i was interrupting you uh i was gonna say it's just like hard to even say that this is what does it or this is what does it because it's all of them together because they're all so good it's ozzy it's the guitarist it's the bassist even though i just named him it's tony yomi it's bill ward <laughs> it's geezer butler it's all of them together they all just destroy it like, i just they clearly know each other's strengths and like know each other's weaknesses. But okay, we don't need to to, to do this for just this first song. But I, I, it's crazy. This song just feels like the culmination of like everything that they wanted to be, and they just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And to think that they did this in like a couple months, this whole album, they just they made the one album and they were really and then they got confidence and then they did this and they just knew what they were doing and they went in there and did it. Yeah. And it, it's just sheer, it's sheer brilliance. And, and that like, you can't, you couldn't logically post, post a lot of these notes together with uh, like the way that they build friction is completely unique. Like you have the, you have the, the guitar going up and the bass, going down and several elements where the and then the drum is supporting it through and uh the pro the production on it is fantastic because and they this sets this song sets the tone for the album where you have the bass on the left the rhythm guitar on the left the lead guitar on the right and then the drums are, are panned across so the toms especially are, are in, and the percussion are panned across which just it, it's it's common super super common but mm -hmm. the, but the way it's done the way it's used on this album is like it's like they were conscious of how it was going to be produced when they were making it so i'm not sure if, if they were but like but either either they were conscious of how it was going to be produced and played to that or the music or the they just have a brilliant engineer who, who tossed it all together for them i'm not sure uh which yeah way that went but I don't know, but I will say, I mean, like the stereo was like a new thing at that time. So like that, that came in during the Beatles time. So I guess like it, you're five years, six years old at that moment, but like stereo recording before, you know, everything had to be the same across both, but stereo yeah. was, you know, were able to break it out more. And so people were really wanting to kind of. Yeah. I think that just happened in like 1964 or something like that, where they split the charts into stereo and mono. Yeah. Um, yeah, if not yeah, correct, it was 63 or 64. But it is cool to, to it, it really does, you feel like you're directly next to their amp, 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 amp. Like it feels like they're playing and you're directly next to their amps. And yeah. it just, like I said, a 
punch in the face. Yeah, it's the type of analog sound that that a lot of modern music misses, and what you gain is that that filthy distortion <laughs> across all of the instruments. It's you that think, gritty. You that they're, all the, they're all in the room, right? You think they're all they're all in a room recording? I this. think that they're all in a room, but at the like very close to it. They're all live recording this. It, it, it feels like they have to be doing it all together. I, I'm 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 genuinely not sure. I would love to know. I don't know enough about their recording practices during that time, but I feel like they're in the room. It would be very cool. Like just differently mic'd. Uh, but yeah. And just the song itself. I mean, like I, I, you're going to touch more on the lyrics. I'm going to touch on what I think the lyrics were because I hate looking up lyrics. I kind of prefer to get don't what worry. I get out of it. I got, I got your back. Very good. And this song, I've always listened to it as, like I said before, just very anti-establishment, anti-police. This is them condemning uh, politicians, creating wars for themselves when they themselves won't get their hands dirty. Yep. It's a it's a cool way to start, especially in, in 1970. That's the perfect time. And it's it's this is just the flavor of the season. And this is not hippies. These are fucking angry people. These are angry. Like there's there's some people who are gonna <laughs> protest. <laughs> These guys will protest too, but they won't be so peaceful or whatever. Like they're gonna scream and shout what their what their qualms are with people. And I think that that's a that's it's, it's it's cool to hear. Yes. So I'm I'll, I'm gonna touch on the songwriting as a basic setup and close, which is used throughout this album. Basically, they set up all this. They set up the situation. You have the politicians starting wars just for fun. You have um, uh, the soldiers dying and all this unnecessary war and these generals that are these practitioners of death and then you have at the end the last like two minutes the last couple of verses are all about the vengeance and what happens when they die they basically live in a burning cell forever so right. it's like the setup where they're doing wrong and they're going to get what's they're going to get what's coming and that that's the that is the the tone of this <laughs> entire album is vengeance if i had one word for it it would be vengeance yeah, I guess I think Hand of Doom plays a very similar uh, path in terms of songwriting, right? Where they're, they're going to set up what, what you're doing, what's happening, and what will happen. Just made me think of, uh, I mean, punk started punk started in England in the late 70s. Yes. Are you going to say that a lot of good music came from England right now? Are you gonna... <laughs> I'm just going to say this. This is kind of in a way early punk. In a way, yeah. yeah I mean, punk, I guess you could say. But I think a lot of, I, I mean, a lot punk, of, but... yeah, a lot of metal music will also use the same sort of songwriting and, and wanting to to change people and to fight for something. That's going to be a big, you know, key player in both of those kinds of music because it's it's both very yeah. uh, passionate. I don't know. If, I don't think angry, but maybe angry is the right word. You know, just it's going to be something that's yeah, ferocious. Something that you're, you're really going to feel passionately about and you're going to get upset over. True. True. That, that's just that's yeah. a huge key in both of those type the uh, both those genres. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't I, I don't I don't listen to this music enough to, to to kind of think about that, but you're absolutely right. I think that's why like uh the two of us aren't typically drawn to that because I don't see either of us as angry, definitely not angry in that sort of way. No, yeah, I'm definitely not super angry. I think well well I saw this chart one time on Instagram that's like um people who want to change things and it's like emo people who want to change things and they're sad because things aren't the way they want them to be uh punk people want to change things and, and want violence to fix it um metal people who want everyone to die because they want things to change and it's like you know it's like there's just different different yeah. expressions for you know and you also have, and then you 
I would make an alternative chart to say people like John Mayer, they wait on the world to change because they didn't yeah. do nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. So, uh, yeah, that's exactly what this, uh, exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'd love to have a punk person on here to tell me a little bit about, because I think punk really started in like 1975, 76 in England. So yeah, it's not. Yeah, I, I don't know nearly long. enough. Yeah, I don't know nearly enough about punk, but but yeah, I think I think mid to early mid early to mid seventies is the birth of punk. Uh, yeah. Well, that's War Pigs. You want to get a paranoid? I'm ready to go to paranoid. Let's go. Are you for this crazy guitar lick? <laughs> ridiculously powerful song that is yeah if that's if that song doesn't get you hyped up straight out if you listen to war pigs all the way through and then listen to paranoid and are not your heart's not beating you you are dead you're illegally dead yeah i i listened to this uh i walked to work today as a 30 uh probably 40 ish minute walk and i'm just like trudging just like okay all right i think i'm sweating now like by this song <laughs> I'm, but it's cold outside but i'm sweating because i'm listening to this it just it makes you it gets you going yeah it's got a lot of uh, a lot of organic energy. power to it a lot of yeah, yeah a lot of energy to it yeah and, raw raw yeah. untamed so like there's no it's not streamlined by any means like there's yeah. no it feels uh, a lot of frustration put into yeah. this song so so i have my fun facts about this song hit me yeah uh, similar to, <laughs> you would call this one of the most uh, iconic guitar riffs. Yeah, definitely one of the most iconic guitar riffs of all time. So it's akin to uh, "I Need You Tonight" in a way, in that you they wrote say... this in like three minutes. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, they finished the album, needed something a little bit more upper to put into it to kind of fill some space, and they wrote "Paranoid." He did the guitar, and Ozzy just jotted down some lyrics. Here we are. Fucking absolute classic masterpiece, uh, some would say. <laughs> I uh, I kind of believe it, because this has got to be one of the simplest guitar riffs of all time. I mean, it's it, not far from Smoke on the Water as far as just exactly. playing. It, it makes sense. Um, but it's iconic. Like, it's a classic. It's a staple. I would say this is a staple of classic rock, like radio stations. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah. Sure, for sure. This is their biggest song. This is it's, their biggest so, song, and it's just crazy that this is their biggest song. Right? Isn't that strange? Like, this is 
not my favorite song <laughs> no it's kind of a it's kind of like a, just a ditty compared to the rest of this stuff the rest of the yeah. stuff has real meat to it paranoid is isn't a isn't really about very much uh, it doesn't have it doesn't have i mean i don't know you, you tell me well i guess it's not about much but that's i think that underplays the the value this is definitely one of the things okay like i said i don't read a lot of lyrics but this is the one where i know pretty much most of the lyrics and i think that how clear it comes through and what it's about and the content being about not being understood, not being able to be happy, not understanding your own feelings, uh, being angry and not knowing what to do with it. I think that's kind of the power in it. I think it's so simple and that's why it has such widespread appeal yeah. is because you got all these disillusioned people who just didn't know where to put their anger and then they hear something like this. We're like, okay, I'm not alone. I think for 1970, when especially you compare it to like a, a Led Zeppelin where you're hearing oh these God, esoteric, yeah. just ridiculously heady lyrics. And then you got this or he's just cutting down to, he's like, this sucks. Like I'm fucking pissed and angry. I, you, you know what? You enjoy life because I can't, I'm, it's too late for me. I can't even enjoy life. Yeah. And this is when he's in his, you know, early to mid twenties. And that's just, that's crazy to hear. But um, it's something I think like people are able to latch onto. And I think that's, 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 that's the power of this song. That being said, I don't really like this song that much, but I love the lyrics of it. I love that, that, that like the candidness of them. And I, especially compared to, you know, you say planet caravan or electric funeral, when you got these like crazy sci-fi lyrics or, or whatever, but you got this, it's just like, it, it feels, I don't know, deeply personal is the word, but it definitely feels personal in the way that you can really relate to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's written in the people's language. It's just written how you would talk. Exactly, and I think that and I think that's really cool, and I think that's what kind of like makes this yeah. song work so well in its simplicity. It's that's under true. three minutes. It's two minutes and forty eight seconds. It's a it's a pop song. It's the only pop song on this album for sure. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And and uh, what you have on the song is just a masterful use of distortion i would say that the most the reason most people like this is the pulsing bass line along with just the one of the most just with a, a rhythm guitar that is muted and distorted in a way that is just sounds like bones like it just sounds like dust i don't know it, it's like it's, it's almost like it's not there but you feel it, it um Along with, the, along with the bass line there's there's a the, the, the rhythm guitar on the song is just like yeah yeah i feel this like pulsing like when, when i'm looking at the album cover and you see this that thermal red energy coming from the guy that's what i that's what i feel when i listen to the song it's like this like yeah, it's like this primal. like hot pulsing energy to it and it definitely kind of makes me uncomfortable and that works i mean it's about it's not is it even about paranoia? I'm not really sure. I'm not sure, I'm not sure. He it's doesn't about say paranoid and at all, but his idea of being paranoid—it's about negative emotions. His, that's for sure. It's definitely about negative emotions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Maybe I think you know maybe neuroticism. Neurotic would be a better word for it. Yeah, neurotic isn't gonna sell. Neurotic doesn't sell at all. Paranoid, paranoid sells. definitely sells. Yeah. <laughs> does he even say paranoid in the song no he does not he say does, paranoid. Yeah. Uh, he does not um but uh, also the song starts with him dumping his girlfriend what does he say uh i think the first line of the song is like got rid of my woman because she couldn't help me with my mind or something oh like yeah that. that's right 
Uh, Ozzy. It wasn't about Sharon. I think they're still together. You want to slow things down? From paranoid to space, it's Planet Caravan. Master Yoda, how am I supposed to use the Force if I don't know how to use it? <laughs> that, that's not it. <laughs> you do you actually think that's a line in the no, it's that not. Luke says? No, it's how am I supposed to use the Force if I don't know how to use it? It's a, I just imagine Luke, Lucas, Lucas writing that and just going, genius. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Nothing explains it more or better. I couldn't, nope, couldn't explain it better than that. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. Uh, there's just I, I really like the uh, the part with the the guitar and the piano kind of kind of mesh here for a second. Give me one second. That's where I'm like, are we listening to a Steely Dan record? Straight up jazz. That's a straight that that is jazz guitar, right? I'm not crazy. That's jazz that. guitar. With the, the piano, I'm like, it feels like we're sitting in a tiny jazz lounge. Yeah, club. yeah, straight up jazz lounge, smoking French cigarettes. Absolutely love it. I love this song. Yeah, it's, that, it's big old is, fat vibes. Again, we have another interlude after the first two big hits of the album. Yes definitely this that's, is that's an absolute trend yeah and this is a four and a half minute interlude they're they go big but they go big with a lot of the songs so it works i think it works because you get that heft of war pigs streamlined paranoid you earn a little bit of a breather in there like we said mm-hmm. like it's it's pumping you up so much like this this is a well welcome reprieve during the assault of uh, black sabbath yeah i'm not sure you can even get more of a reprieve either i mean it's really really completely absence of everything that exists in <laughs> paranoid iron man and war pigs and how do you how do you feel about it that. it's uh it's it, it just it seems like just just the end of a long night to me mm-hmm. it seems you know it's like you're sitting out in the if you're going camping or you're out you know out in the wilderness that's this is to me this is what that feels like when it's like you're 
your night's over and the, the the moon's out and you're and you're just chilling with some friends you know i think it's generally a happy song i would i would generally call it like a pretty positive yeah. song and um uh probably a lot of drugs went into making this song oh yeah but, this is probably this is the biggest stoner song of the yeah, album no doubt <laughs> this is this is this is blunt smoking territory <laughs> blunt smoked territory already no doubt. You're, you're gonna be, like you're gonna be passing out to this like this is when you're just like oh shit yeah. <laughs> uh i yeah so it's if it, it I think the song is kind of about floating around in space and that's what they uh, to me is what is what they accomplish like i do kind of feel like just floating around in space to this yeah. it's slow it ta- like we said like they take their time they oh, yeah. let that space help them make the song like they really like have confidence in their ability to make the song last for this long sound that good and have very little going on yeah yeah they yeah they they can go full minimal and they can go full maximal. Yeah. And there's not, I would say there's not a lot of bands who can do that. Yeah. They're clearly just like, this is three songs in where I'm just still like, we're not even in, we're still into it. It's only an eight song album, but this is just, I'm already just like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All you, those three songs alone could make an album. Like, yeah. To me, how does a, how does the, the interlude hits me and like, how does that happen? That is so cool. Yep. I think particularly for me, it's the it's the bass on this that that absolutely carries it. Um, yeah. He they have the little bongos and his vocal effects are really cool, but it's that bass that just doesn't stop. They keep that little droning yeah. noise in, and that that just doesn't really let up. Yeah. This I think this is this is you could I think it would be fair to bring in the comment about the blues in this in this song. This is a definitely very lonely song. Oh, who's that? Is that knocking at your door? Is someone is someone at your door right now? Oh, I don't know. Uh, let me get Do you want to check Sears? Yeah, one sec. Oh yeah, come in. Yeah, tell them. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I just I heard you guys talking about uh, Black Sabbath. Oh, uh, I, I just had to make my way in. Yeah. Uh, hi. Who is this? Uh, you know, yeah, it's Paul- me. It's it's me. Yeah. Are you? Is this, uh, Paul told me you you recently moved into the building, even yeah. though I mean I thought you were dead. You're not dead. No, uh, I actually just live two doors down. Uh, it's me, Jerry Wexler. Jerry uh, Wexler in the building, ex- guys. Executive. I've worked with uh, you know a lot of uh, major hit records. Uh, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, uh, you name it. And uh, yeah, I I heard you guys were talking. Uh, Talking a little bit about uh, Black Sabbath and uh, the the definitely one of my favorite uh, favorite bands uh, because the bassist is just absolutely outstanding. So uh, yeah, was yeah, it- Jerry, and- you're you're well known for your love of the bass, and uh, you know I, I was I happened to actually was just talking about yeah. the bass and Planet Caravan, how it kind of holds the uh-huh. song together. Do you do you kind of agree? Do you think that the bassist in ah! Black Sabbath? Okay, but, but do you I think it's it. enough? I, Do you yeah. think it's enough bass? You no, know, I hear you. I hear you. I I think the bassist is absolutely fantastic. The fa- he's a he's he is a true and tried bassist, one of the best in the business at the time, and uh-huh. uh, and I was there listening and and implemented a few pieces of feedback from from their Wait, album. 
you were in the you were you helped uh with the paranoid on no 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 you know that you know i wasn't there you just said you were there i was there at the time listening to the album come on you were alive then i was in a and r somehow you're still alive i but anyway i feel like an apartment i feel like they could pump up the bass I feel like they could get some saturation. Yeah, you know I'm in Chicago now, but uh, I, from New it sounds York. Sounds like you picked up a little bit of a Chicago accent too while you're there. Ah, you know, whatever. You, you, uh, you what, wherever you go, there you are. Jerry, you know, you pick up Jerry a little Wexler, bit everywhere. If I looked up your Wikipedia, because you know Paul told me you were living in the building, and it says yeah. here you you died in 2008. Do you care to explain that? <laughs> they all got it wrong. I'll tell oh, you that okay. much. They all hey, got you- it wrong. And you just living in an apartment in Chicago now? Yep. Yep. Okay. Sorry, I, I don't. You know, I don't mean to pry too much. I know you. You're probably a very busy man. Not good uh, to clarify. So, so it, Jerry, I just okay. Let me just ask you one question. Out of five bases, what would you give the base in Paranoid by Black Sabbath? Yeah, I, that's that's why I came in, and uh, I gotta say, they gotta pump up the saturation. They gotta add a thicker compressor on there. The base, you can hear it but it's not exactly the defining characteristic of the song. Three out of five bases. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. So Jerry, we'll, we'll let you go. I, I really right. appreciate okay. you showing up. Okay. Uh, Enjoy it. Right. Enjoy the rest of the album, boys. Yeah, okay. Have, I'll, have I'll a listen good more next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, okay. More bass. Okay. Well, that's wow. weird. What a, I mean, that was a really special. I told uh, him, I told him he can't yeah, no. come over here. Like it's, it's a Thursday night, but he yeah. keeps insisting and I guess whatever, you know. Hey, no, I, I appreciate it. I really, I, yeah, no, I like, I like Jerry. He seems Me like too. a, he seems like a nice man. He, yeah. And you know, he politely knocked. He didn't just open the door. So that's, that's good. He literally keeps my walls rattling, playing the bass 24 seven. It's, it's insane how that old man has the stamina. Um, Okay. Should we move on to Iron Man? Yeah, let's move on to Iron Man. You've seen the Iron Giant. You've seen the is it is it in the Iron Giant? No. <laughs> I was <laughs> I gonna say so. my my memory of this song. I how, how although I knew it before this, I always link it to uh, Iron Man, the movie, uh, the first one. That would be easy, wouldn't it? He yep. <laughs> it was it was a gimme. They, <laughs> 
and they played it when he's uh, in the caves somewhere in the Middle East. He's trapped and he makes his first Iron Man, yes. which is a crude. Yeah, so it's it's big, it's clunky, it's all over the place. And they play this song when he comes out and starts killing everybody. Yeah. And so that's kind of always what I have in my mind is this big clunky Iron Man, especially because it's 70s. And, you know, I just think about what their idea was of what a robot would be. Yeah. So I just think about this big clunky Iron Man, not like a sleek, you know, Terminator Iron Man, just a... <laughs> yeah definitely definitely you're kind of ridiculous sci-fi contraption in a, in a lot of ways it's, it's also incredibly accurate for what they were actually going for <laughs> yeah i don't think uh, yeah i guess i don't think my, my mark would be missed and that way it, it, it is kind of like it is kind of meme this song like it is it's just kind of a joke now right it's like it is they, yeah. they made this big clunky thing yeah. and now it's kind of silly looking back on it, it, it i i don't I say it makes it of its time because of that, but I do think that the song still works. I don't. I didn't think that actually. Although I you think it's think... been. I think after people hearing it so many times, I think it became that. But I, 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 I generally don't think that the sound itself and and what the song is about and the way the song is presented may put it in a time capsule. I guess that's kind of what I mean. That's kind of what I mean. I think it's 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 been put in that place, but that's what I'm saying is that yeah, it yeah. because it's it's better than that. Yeah, it's like like All Star where you're gonna have like yeah, if you try to listen to the song on itself, it's like it's a good song, but yeah, you're right. It's been a bit memeized. This song certainly mm-hmm. less than All Star, of course, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's hard to take this song seriously now. Yeah, but, oh yes, my it's gosh, hard to take it a, seriously. What a powerful Dude. song, and honestly, a really really sad song. Yeah, could you? Well, okay. Bef- hmm. Yeah, let's let's get into that. Could you fill me in? As I've said, didn't read the lyrics, but my understanding, my thinking is that is it's a man. They sent him to the future, and then he comes back and starts killing everybody because he hates humanity because he's disappointed in them. What what is the story here? Yeah, Jen, Jen, that is uh, he's he goes to the future and and comes back, but I think obviously it's it's all symbolism. My my interpretation is that this is is a song about a veteran that went to war mm. and came back and is homeless and 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 doesn't understand why he's turned down by society. Probably has PTSD. I think I think it's it's about basically a homeless veteran. Oh shit! I that's, absolutely that's my that's my understanding of it. I I'm not I, sure if that's right. Yeah, I just kind of took this as like sci-fi shtick. I never even thought of it on a deeper level by any means, but. If that is the case, that is really cool. Like, I think that's what it is, because I mean, it just it just works with the rest of the album. It would, yeah, it would be appropriate for what they're saying, what they're saying about of the. It would be perfect for the time. Yeah, I mean, I can totally see that, and that that was the bit. It was a big problem. All the all the Vietnam vets, they came back. They were told they were forced to go there, and then they come back. They get no help and no nothing for the government they're like okay thanks you helped us now fuck off like yeah that's it. well that was that that was america i'm not sure if you know i, I think ozzy's still living in oh Britain yeah i guess we are we are in yeah. uk yeah, yeah yeah i don't know what their situation is at all yeah but I, I regardless i mean the vietnam war the, the the i mean the british were involved in the vietnam war yeah and um it i mean just the whole conflict itself was an absolute disaster it doesn't matter what side you're on Yep. And especially for those that were going in there that weren't familiar to the territory, I mean, it must have just been an absolute disaster. Like when they talk about like shell shock with World War One, it's like I feel like it's definitely psychologically it was. Just, I don't know. I don't know if you. <laughs> I don't know how accurate it was, but I always think of um, Heart of Darkness uh, by Coppola. I don't know if you've seen that, but that is I seen a it. pretty, pretty psychologically scarring movie. It's the depths of the Vietnam War. 
Yeah, wow. No, I, I have not seen that. Should I? Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it. I've only seen it one time. I watched the redo edition, which is like three hours long. And uh, yeah, I see why it was the redo edition because you can cut a lot of that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But he notoriously had like miles and miles of footage for that movie. It was This is Coppola post um, The Godfather. Gotcha. He's, he was just kind of going into his own neuroses. And, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's worth visiting. There's a lot of really cool scenes in there. Um, they deal with a lot of this like psychological trauma that was faced during the Vietnam War, and not even that long after. I'm not, I think it came out late seventies. So, but anyway, um, how interesting! Absolutely, never would have guessed that. I think that makes the song significantly more interesting lyrically. And I actually was completely cool with it lyrically without that. I think it's. I still think it's like an interesting thing. I, I, what I gathered from this was this isolation. It, it makes sense. Like this isolation feeling like un, not able to understand what he's doing and he's coming back on to destroy people. Everyone feels disconnected from him. He feels disconnected from everyone. It's just like yep. this all around unable to fit into society kind of feeling and, and just wanting to hate because of it. Yep. And you know, that's something that I could, I could listen to and I go, I, I can see, hundred percent why someone would listen to this and and feel akin to it or and i can see why someone would write this like it just makes sense to me so and 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 again you have and you again again you have the same storytelling technique where they set up the situation and then at the end you have a vengeance situation yes Yes, where he starts to and it won't be the last time that comes up either no no it won't um (laughs) i i do I, i would be remiss if i didn't touch on how absolutely destructive that opening guitar sound is oh yeah that i i i don't know anything that sounds like that how does it hold up in being so loud and just like just 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 i don't know i don't even know how to describe it but it 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 gets me I, i read something about this being part of the opening up the loudness wars that happened in the 80s right about well this is more about ozzy Ozzy osborne no that this is the 80s so this would be a really early really early the the loudness wars were in the 80s and i i don't know much about this so we don't have to go into it but but i don't know i think i think what makes this that that the sounds stand out is you have the three instruments doing the same thing so you have this distorted bass distorted rhythm guitar and distorted lead guitar all making one sound like a symphony that is that what that is yeah oh yeah oh i was so confused i was like there's no way that's just like a pedal it's so thick yeah so yeah, that yeah. makes so much more sense yeah. with the bass in there yeah oh. and i would love to know that you know what they were doing with eqs and compressors back there but they probably glue compressed them all together which is which is where you just you kind of take the three sounds take it as one sound and then like compress it <laughs> make it like fat so yeah, it's probably yeah, yeah. probably what's what's going on there I, yeah it, it's the, the the use of distortion on this album is probably the it's probably the best that I've heard now that I've, I've used distortion as a music producer I would say that this is some of the best use of distortion that I've ever heard. Yeah, because I feel like none of it is overdone. I don't think that any of it is overdone where they're like, "Hey, yeah. look at me using a distortion pedal," because I think this is pre that being a thing. Like they're mm-hmm. just using distortion as what it was. I, I feel like originally intended to be, and so it doesn't come off as like cheesy or overdone. And it comes off as like just what their their aesthetic that like again their aesthetic that they're trying to pull off. They're trying to go for this like off kilter yeah. kind of feel for it. So they, they they use it just as like a touch. It's not it's not 
absolutely you can still hear the guitar yeah, and you can true. still hear the bass but it's just like it, it, it takes it a step over um you know what you what you'd expect from a regular thing and i think that that makes it i don't know that makes it way that's more timeless to me that's true it, they they're, they're not using distortion in a way much different from how the beatles used distortion at the time so i guess yeah i mean you know it's it is pretty by the book there's yeah nothing, it, there's nothing crazy going on there they they literally just crank it up like <laughs> they're just like let's get loud let's get fuzzy uh but not too fuzzy like if you listen to like any like a lot of distortion people are going to do something like now like it's going to be all over the place because you've heard this so many times yeah and so they want to do something different which completely makes sense but i think what makes this timeless is that they didn't overstep their their bounds can we can we uh can we play around 305 there's a there's a there's a solo there and mm -hmm. i want to talk about how, how i want to talk about the bass and lead guitar of that solo Outside, outside of Led Zeppelin, are there better bass guitar combinations? Like that is, it's like they're both independently soloing but perfectly matched together. <laughs> I was gonna, I was waiting for you to say it. that's exactly what I wrote down. I mean, it's like yeah. it's, it's, it's two solos in one, and not that's to mention funny. the bass is also having some fun. You know, I mean, what's sorry, terrible is also having some fun. Is I, I listened to this at work like repeatedly this week, and it was like unfortunately a lot of the time done with one headphone in. <laughs> so, Oh man. I think I missed out on so many of those moments because oh, of that. man. I did listen to this with two headphones in like a few times as well, but I, I think uh, quite a few times it was like that. Yeah, I, I'm starting to realize I had previously listened to these albums just using the Beats uh, 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 speaker. And then in between that and the, the Amazon Echo, and the mm -hmm. Echo is terrible. It doesn't, right. doesn't do a good job. The Bose is a good speaker, but it's still a speaker. I'm starting to realize like you have to have headphones. Yeah, you, you absolutely have to have headphones because you, you get both your ear experience. Like this song, listened to on these new headphones that I got compared to the Bose speaker, it's like it's an entirely different experience. Mm -hmm. I, like I don't think I'll ever listen to an, another album um, without at least going one time over on the on the headphones. Definitely, it's gonna be it's a completely different immersive experience that's just gonna put it in the center of your world. That you know, yeah, it just can't be done when you're just like cooking and like listening to it on a speaker outside of it. It's just, that's a completely, well, all, yeah, also a part of it and definitely important because especially at this time, you know, no, not a lot of people are listening to it on headphones. They're mostly just playing it on their, 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 their record player and through their speakers at home. So true. But, but being, being, being able to hear the, you know, the intricacies, intricacies uh, as well that's as you can true. in headphones, uh, you know, just being kind of put directly input into your brain. Yeah, and and maybe maybe that's a lot of why music today is so much. We like it so much more perfect than back then. Like this album has is almost perfect from a musical standpoint, but like like from a theory standpoint and from and you know not having any huge glaring errors. But 
you there's a lot of imperfection in this album in between in between notes and switching frets and everything like that yeah I, definitely I, I, yeah i don't you know we cut it out these days but like that that adds a lot of flavor i don't a lot, whole well, lot of flavor to this album definitely it makes it, it uh, like like we said about them playing in the room together that's what that's what makes it feel like they're playing in a room together is like you you get the energy from it because you can hear them miss and you can hear them hitting the notes as opposed to the notes just happening you know and i think that's that, that there's a big difference between uh, music now and music then yeah um, in terms of yeah. like recording practices and not to say that one is better than the other but it's just it's a completely different feel and that's where sets this apart and why you'd want to listen why going back why you'd want to listen to this like where if i now especially now knowing this album if i was going record digging like when i think about what i want to play when i'm listening to records it's stuff that feels more like this that feels more visceral and real and so now if i see something like this i'm going to buy this over something like i'll I'll like i I will basically never buy a rap or an edm record on vinyl because why would you do that like i buy the vinyl to get like the more warmth and the more yeah. fullness and the sounds. And I feel like with EDM, you don't, I feel like actually you kind of lose something. You want the sharpness of, uh, of streaming, you know, that they're able yeah. to give you. Whereas like a record player. Yeah. You don't want analog EDM. That doesn't, to me, that doesn't even make any sense. Same with rap music. Like, it, I, it, I, oh, it totally does. Analog EDM does. You think so? Oh, it definitely does. Yeah. I mean, well, like this Moog synthesizer, like that's going to produce sounds that are completely different than a software ever could. Oh yeah. 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 That, but that, that, yeah, but that's in the recording process. I'm talking about just playing the music. I think that's a different thing. This is an already completed, like, I'm just saying, I don't, okay, maybe not lose something, but I'm saying like, if I played Odessa, Summer's Gone on vinyl, it just doesn't, I, I don't feel like I gain anything out of that, but Hey, I don't know. Maybe I would. The only kind of EDM record I have is like, Probably not on Odessa Summer's Gun, but you might on the, the latest Flume EP where he's just using all analog. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe, right. I don't know. I actually, I have no idea. Yeah. But I mean, when you're talking about analog versus so- like software, that's the, the difference. Yeah, no, 100%. But I, but that, but, but, but you're you talking. Don't get, you don't get the same thing from pressing a piano key and ch- triggering, triggering a raw analog sound as you do from putting your finger on the fret and strumming the chord. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think yeah, that's what yeah, you're yeah. trying to get at, and I'm on I'm on the same page as, as that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, do you like Iron Man? I do, I do like Iron Man, and uh, enough to I, go back and replay it, or like, cause like Paranoid, I feel like I can never go and listen to Paranoid. Paranoid is like I feel like I've heard it enough times in my life, uh, and I think that same might be said for Iron Man. I think the two of them, I think I've just like heard enough. Whereas like War Pigs, I still can play War Pigs anytime. And that's completely fine to me. Oh, I could never, I wouldn't, I, I used to, I listened to Iron Man a lot as a kid. I don't think I would go back and, and play it now. I didn't yeah. listen to Paranoid a lot as a kid. So I would, I would replay Paranoid and War Pigs. You play, you play Paranoid, no problem. Let's yeah. See. Yeah. Although, okay. yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. yep. And it's going to be, it's going to be a yes for me, dog. <laughs> I would say that the, the song on this album that I would replay would probably be Hand of Doom. We'll Just get to purely that. sonically. But that's why I didn't want to say anything, but I said it anyway. So This is Electric Funeral. Oh wait, I didn't want to start here. Sorry. I'm sorry, our our, our fans. I, I don't want to let you down, but I did. Hit him. Electric funeral, everybody. Fire like electric bureau. 
I had to get to the electric funeral part. I just... <laughs> Can we yeah. talk about that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Who thought that that was okay? <laughs> that is the silliest thing on this album. It by far is the only ridiculous thing on this album. It's, it's not that. what they're saying. It's how it sounds. It electric sounds funeral. It sounds like a dude that took over the mic and that's not supposed to be there doing it. That <laughs> sounds like a drunk guy came up to them and was like, Way too loud. out. Yeah, I literally thought for a second that you were saying that on your mic over the over the song because that's how bad it is. Like it just exactly, it's just ridiculous. Like it's just so funny that there's actually nothing wrong with it. I think it would have been fine if they just had them do backing vocals saying "Electric Funeral," but how that's so so loud that it's just. <laughs> God damn it! This and I think he's also loud. saying "Electric Funeral" with the guitar over the top. Electric Funeral. Yeah, I would not be surprised about that. I guess I didn't catch. Do we want to go back? No, I know when it starts. All right, go for it. It's, it's hard to distinguish. I think you're just hearing it. I don't think he's saying it. Or whatever. Yeah, he can't. It could, Ozzy can't go that high. He can go that high. I bet he can. Ozzy's incredible. I bet you he can't. Oh yeah. I bet you. One dollar he cannot. Let's call him up right now. <laughs> I'll put three quarters on it right now. Um, that's less than a dollar. So. Well, I didn't want to put a dollar down. Well, you're not that confident. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a lot of money. I have Ozzy's number. I can call him right now. He said, "Call me anytime <laughs> about any sure, Black Sabbath-related questions." Are you sure that wasn't? Are you sure that wasn't Blondie? Blondie, call me. Come oh my up. God, Jesus Christ! No dad jokes here, please. Are you with the dad joke? Don't make it worse. Hey yo. Uh, um, I think yeah, this is my least favorite you, song. Bro. What do you think? Um, <laughs> this isn't my least favorite song. I mean. I would say my least favorite song is probably Rats. Rats Rat salad. salad. Oh, I mean, on. it's. I uh, yeah, you're right. This is probably my least favorite song. This is, this, a is song. This, this was the song when I was listening to. I was like, oh, we're in the B side. Yeah, we're in there, and we're entering the. Yeah, this is literally the intro to the B side. And uh, yeah, it's not. It, it's just. It's just not a hit. It doesn't no. do it, do it for me. It kind of fits in. I guess it's fine. I guess it's not terrible. It really is just there. It's it's more of the time than anything else. It's more. Uh, yeah, it's more of the time, and and again, and and here where you don't you don't have any use of like that that big slow movement that is present in, in all four of the previous songs. What are you talking about? The first minute and twenty seconds is a big slow movement. I mean, it's boring at the very least. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, yeah, that. But boring is a little different from just using the. I'm talking about using the black space and piercing. Definitely, yeah, definitely does not use black space. Definitely, they fill it in, and it would have been better maybe if they didn't use the guitar as much as they did. Yeah, maybe so. Um, the other maybe thing so. I want to touch on is how he does this in Iron Man too, where. Ozzy's vocal melody is just is just matching whatever the guitar melody is and yeah. I find it very annoying especially after Iron Man and then this and you're like okay come on you do something different like it's, you can't just sing along it, with the guitar it's funny because in War Pigs he's the opposite it's like he's just yeah. shouting over it which sounds yeah. perfect yeah and you could yeah you could easily not do it but uh, I don't know I guess it's, yeah I don't sure. know if he has like he's just like hey this guitar That's melody true. is so good I'll just do it twice like I'll just <laughs> do it as well i think i think all the instruments did it kind of like iron man they were all just kind of playing the same thing a lot of a lot of uh not symbiosis synergy between the the, the instruments 
I do think that the guitarist Tony Iommi is is kind of the heart of, of, of Black Sabbath, whereas Ozzy Osbourne is like the the star. But I think he's he's the one that they're all gonna. Respect I'm with you on that claim. I will back that claim. However, um, uh, how many of our this. yeah, <laughs> which is very. <laughs> for me uh the notes i shared uh, at the top of the show is the all the information i have about black sabbath i don't know anything else so um i don't really know anything um but yeah just listening to it though i think yeah the, the basis yeah the basis is is extremely talented and so is the drummer but yeah i think, I think everyone's part. really talented but the guitarist yeah he's got the the oomph the 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 the, the yeah. Oh, I, you know what? I forgot to mention this little brief fun fact. He uh, briefly left in 1968, shortly after this band was created. Sure. To join what band? Uh, uh, the Who. Close. The Beatles. Jethro Tull. Oh, yo, that's crazy because I have a, a note on one of these songs that sounds just like Jethro Tull. That's fucking insane. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. And and it, it sounds like Aqualung at one point. That's- Amazing. And 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 I believe Jethro told one best metal album at the Grammys in 1980. Oh, holy shit! Are they even considered a metal no, band? No, not at all. It was one of the most ridiculous awards ever given. Yeah, well, Although the they, they have story. aspects of it, but that's crazy. Sure, yeah, they're hard rock, I guess, with a fucking flute. Hard Jethro rock if you yeah, hard sucks. rock if you're pushing. But anyway, yeah, he he joined them for a little bit and was like, yeah, nah, and then came back to Earth. When, when did Earth you know when Black Sabbath uh, broke up? I don't actually. Ozzy Osbourne went solo in 1980, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, because I I didn't want to get into that because I didn't didn't have to do with this album, so I kind of figured. Yeah, 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 totally. I know, I know. Ozzy Osbourne started going solo oh, in 1980. Yeah, so I mean, they they were technically together with more or less members until 2006, and then broke up okay, and wow. reformed in 2011. So like, they kept putting out stuff because then they have Dio come in, and that was a whole thing. And then Dio left, right. and then they replaced him. So it's like they they've totally gone through iterations. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Osbourne's excessive substance abuse led to his firing in '79. So, and he was replaced by Dio. So, um, in, yeah. so back to this song, yeah. I, I want to make, I want to talk about a couple things about it. First of all, it's a song, it's, it's an atomic war song. It's an atomic yes, bomb song. Definitely. Which uh, very much of the time we have atomic bomb, cold war, 1970, uh, okay. Vietnam happening. Um, I would say right in themes with war pigs, right in theme with Iron Man, completely out of touch with planet caravan and, and paranoid. So it's like we have those two songs, uh, Planet Caravan and Paranoid, that are almost out, out of... No, out of I don't know. I theme. think maybe, I guess, thematically, no, but aesthetic, not even aesthetically, but like the the, the feelings that go into Paranoid yeah. completely make sense. Yes, uh, yeah, totally. Planet Caravan, not so much lyrically at all, but I think I think sonically it makes up for it. Like I still, it's it's to me this is such a cohesive album. I think every song adds to the collective whole. Uh, but yeah, I guess lyrically and thematically in that way, not maybe not so much all together, but um, but the the sonically they 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 add up to that. So I wouldn't I wouldn't. Oh, say, totally. I wouldn't disagree yeah. with that. But I guess that that wasn't what you're saying. I, no, I just yeah, wanted I'm... to make it clear. I'm talking yeah. about whether they basically made a concept album here or whether they, oh, and, yeah. and it, basically without, if you take out Paranoid and you take out Planet Caravan, you almost have a concept album. Mm, it's it's a lot of songs about and rat salad and war. Yeah. And yeah, rat salad, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah. So really you got war pigs, 
Iron Man, Electric Funeral, Hand of Doom. Now, if you toss if you toss in Veterans War and drugs, then I think you pretty much get all of them. Yeah, then you pretty much. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of drugs, let's speak of the Hand of Doom. Oh, the second thing I wanted to note on that song, by the oh, way, sorry, 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 to inter- sorry, to inter- sorry. It was just too good of a segue. I couldn't turn it, it was, down. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. <laughs> um, sorry, folks. Uh, the bass the base on Electric Funeral for once is on the right hand side. Oh. So the only time on this album the bass goes to the right hand side. Couldn't tell you why I didn't get to that point, but I think it's probably because it's not as creating as much friction as a lead guitar. It's more partnered, so it's probably that's probably why they moved it to the right hand side. But kind of just a funny funny note. And speaking of bass, let's talk about basements. And you know what the basement of Earth is? It's hell. You know who's in hell is Satan. Doing and you know what you know what he lovingly refers to his right hand as the and hand of doom. doom. Well done. Time's caught up with you. Now you wait your turn. You know there's no return. that's kind of where i think they they mostly divulge into hard rock right there is that yeah that 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 part where they kind of kick into it that almost sounds like 80s rock like kansas or like oh jesus (laughs) it it does though it almost sounds like i guess yeah or something yeah 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 and this is 1970 yeah yeah oh they all they all loved black sabbath and Led zeppelin i bet they did yeah you know what i mean like like in a good way like that that, i mean this is it, 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 you're right you know what? actually yeah it does sound actually ahead of its time i would think it kind of puts itself in there but actually you're right it sounds more 80s rock how funny i never would have placed that but now that you say it 
that's not my favorite part of the song so that makes me feel a little bit better yeah i couldn't i couldn't tell if it was just me because it also you can make the argument that it sounds like yeah i mean i don't know kansas or anything but i could see it kind of being put in i thought i thought blue oyster cold is 70s uh i'm pretty sure blue oyster cold is the 80s is there one song yeah i'm pretty sure their one song came out uh they have two songs uh godzilla I don't know Godzilla. You don't, yeah, yeah. Sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. Don't fear the Reaper came out in sixty-seven. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, hold that. They formed in sixty-seven. Let me find out. We don't. We don't usually like doing live research, but we'll do it. I was going to do it earlier, but I'm. Oh, debut was seventy-two. Debut album was seventy-two. Don't fear the Reaper, nineteen seventy-two. No, 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 no. I said debut record. It's going to be harder to find. I, I had, 70, had 70, 77 had Godzilla. Um, let's see when I'm just trying to find who decline and fall. Oh, here we go. 76. 76 was <laughs> who decline and fall. 82. And you, know, and you know it came sharp for Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 70, uh, 72. 72. I'm not I'm sorry. Like it, it 76. Crossed, 76. The, the possibility crossed my mind of playing a, picking a Blue Oyster Cult album at one point. No, I, I'm not opposed uh, by any means. I I think Godzilla holds up so well. I think that is such a cool song. Huh, I'll check it out after this. You know, you know the song. I no, probably no. do. Yeah. All right, Hand of Doom. Let's get back to it. Um, yeah. I want to first a talk about my first note that I have, and we'll we'll keep me coming back to this song. How fucking sick that drum beat is! I can literally <laughs> hear like Tribe Called Quest rapping over that. It's so funny because I I wrote right here. It sounds like Tribe Called Quest. Oh, that's uh, hilarious. Yeah, like, what is this? These guys must have really liked jazz, I think. Velvet Revolver. Yeah, it does sound like a jazz song. This is, this, it's such a cool beat. And it was just like, I think even more cool being like, this is a Black Sabbath song. They're yeah, playing what? this drum beat. What a weird mix of sounds going on in this song. The song is like an, an entire album in one song. It's, yeah, it's, they, I, think they it's, go... I think it's one of the most interesting songs that we've that I, that I we've come across on the album Girl. I think so too. That's why we we played a little bit longer of a set because it changes really three times during the to the segment to three completely different songs. I think. Yeah, well, and then and then restarts. So it really, it has and then restarts. Really yeah, like four five part composition. Yeah, because around about the five Fashion. minute mark. Here, let's 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 go to five minutes. Yeah, five we're talking two about. seconds. Let's, yeah. Well, we gotta go a little before I get the lead up. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. No, it's not five minutes and two seconds. I was wrong. Guitar solo sucks though. Yeah, it does suck. Yeah, hold up, pause you. real quick. I think the guitar solo sucks because the bass is, isn't doing also a bass solo. I think uh, that's why the guitar solo sucks. Uh, I don't know. Eh, up to discussion. Who does that? Yeah confidence that is confidence confidence we could, confidence. Do, we could do it this is a seven minute long song they're like we could do it how nice is this song? this should this could be a whole song. all of these could be a song in the hooky exactly they could be this could be three different songs i think good this could have been a 10 minute song easily and it would have been listened with it yeah i would have had no problem with it your skin starts turning and here we go this is this is some vengeance back back to vengeance because yep. that's what they do 
This is the plague of heroin addiction, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Those snares are just destructive. They're literally like machine guns. Yeah. It's absolutely just ridiculous. I can't believe how little we've talked about the drumming on this album because it is, uh, it is definitely some some incredible drumming. I, I have a lot of notes out. I just don't want to get bogged down by it. But I mean, like War Pigs has some of the coolest drum fills and that intro yeah. of the snare is some of the coolest I've ever heard. Yeah. This has the super cool uh, drum beat. And the, <laughs> oh, actually, I guess that's it. I don't know. I guess that was only like really standout drum parts. I, I... The fills on the fills on the, if you want to learn how to do a drum fill in a, for a rock, for a rock uh, album, just go ahead and listen to this and copy it. Yeah. on like for straight rock music, this is where you need to learn where he, he maximizes the space so well. Like he, he, he pumps it out and doesn't do too much. Uh, but we'll get to that later. There's a there's a fantastic drum solo on Rat Salad, so uh, we'll get to that. But yeah, well, I think they just come through so crisply, and that's why this drum beat is so cool. Is because you can hear the air around it. Where you know if this same drum beat is done now, it's going to be so crisp and uh, so clean. A TM Outcast is that it's 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 not going to sound to me as cool. I think it sounds cooler because of the looseness. I think that's what makes it kind of work in a rock song. I guess is that they're kind of just, I don't know, rocking to it. It's, it's less, less filtered. Yeah, it's less filtered. Because, I mean, if you were going to rap over it, you got to have those hits be clean because that's what rapping is. Like, you're, you're working through bars. You, you can't be concerned about being so loose with it. And this is, like, a definitely a much more loose uh, a drum beat. But I think it aids in the feeling of the song. Especially if you're talking this, like... It's kind of like a drug fearing song. It's definitely kind of like what's going to happen to you and, you know, maybe be a little aware. It's kind of, it's a little PSA, which is yeah. funny because like you get, we're going to get to uh, Fairies Wear Boots, which is like them about smoking pot. And at the time, you know, all parents are going to think heroin and pot are the exact same thing. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and also ironically, I mean, Ozzy Osbourne did Ozzy Osbourne. Exactly. a certain amount of drugs. It's basically his own warning song. I'm not sure if he got into heroin, but I would say he probably got into heroin, probably did a ton of heroin, I guess. And then ironically saying this song. I, I know. This is, I, I like, I just couldn't help but say like, like he's just writing his own death sentence. Like he's writing his own story, like right in front of him. Did he, did he wrote the lyrics on this song? So he, I didn't look they're, it up. They're all credited on all the songs. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Cause I, I think it's cool to have like, uh, to me, it's it's. It, I like the idea that there's this band that parents are just like, oh, you can't. Oh, this is terrible for you, blah blah. blah. And they have this line like, you know, they're literally singing about not doing heroin. Yeah, <laughs> like they're yeah. like, don't do it. And then it kind of sucks that obviously it's, it's, it's about PTSD though. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's another um, coming back from war and, and and not being able to cope, and then that's why they turn to drugs. So I, it's even more than that. It's like this like systematic problem. It's like. And that's why I think this uh, the, the songwriting in this is so cool because like for 1970 to get this like 
quote unquote real is 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 really interesting and into doing this concept of, of being like rock music but like really getting into some dark shit in, our, in on, on real real realistic terms i think yeah. it's so cool i, I that's think true. that's so cool and i think it probably changed the way a lot of people uh, you know think about songwriting i don't know if it did but that would be my guess because like if you listen again if you listen to like some contemporaries if you listen to the who and, and jethro toll and Led you Zeppelin, know. like they're not telling it like this they're not talking about this at all no, there there were a lot of bands talking about this, but they were all hippies. This this is completely different. Yeah, you know, but not it's not completely different in the way that they're talking about. It. It's just different in the way it's presented. I mean, the mm. hippie bands were essentially talking about the same thing. You have like for what it's worth by Buffalo Springfield. They that's classic. true. I mean, you have yeah. for, Fortunate Son. That's that's kind of up there in the same talking about credence. the imbalances. Okay. Yeah, credence. Yeah. yeah, credence. Um, I don't have a lot of these off the top of my head, but. There's a lot yeah, I guess of, I, yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not necessarily talking about like anti-war songs. I'm talking about the drugs. I'm talking about disenfranchisement, though. Yeah, this, the, yeah, and this, I guess and for what how explicit it is too, right? Yes, yeah. Push the needle, and he says multiple times in the song, yeah, and that, no that's what stood out to me. And you're like, "Fuck!" Yeah, there's, no, there's no sarcasm. It's not like Fortunate Son, where you're kind of beating around the bush. Like, yeah, this is just very much, very much like it's just exactly. You know, it's not. There's there's Tell not me. a lot of poetry going on. Yeah, this uh, I I feel like actually speaking of like Tribe Called Quest and like rap music, like rap music is kind of indebted to this because if you if you think about like the 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 startings of of what rap was and like being in New York and like wanting to tell the story of how fucked up, you know, a lot of neighborhoods were and, and talking about the drug problems, like that's kind of what this was. So it's I don't know. I feel like these these people are kind of doing that same thing, and that that's same true. thing with the same thing with punk music, like you were saying earlier. Yeah, punk music for punk music for sure. A lot of it was mostly just anger at the government and and authority in general. But I think, uh, you know, I'm I'm not a punk music expert by any means, but certainly got into very explicit details about stuff like this as well. So, yeah, it definitely gives me like a, a this this album and this song in particular has given me like 1970. Uh, a re- yeah refreshing kind of thought about what metal music is and what it could be and what people could be talking about because i've never really looked into it but hey maybe fucking there's a lot of bands that are doing shit like this that i just have no idea about and i i hope that is the case because i'm sure that it is i'm sure there's plenty of metal bands that are talking about some shit like this Definitely. Yeah. and that they're presenting it in this kind of similar way and i've just missed it yeah what's the band with tom morello Rage oh, Rage against the machine, machine. right Definitely exactly some stuff like this yes yes but those are yeah that's like rock metal i'm yeah, thinking of more metal, like though. yeah 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 i mean i because i mean like I, I i say that because like i love rage against machine i think they're like i think they're a fantastic band i would listen to them any day so i think about all the bands i don't know or have never given a chance because of that hand of doom i like this song a lot <laughs> i really like this this, Sonically, is, this, this is this is a very compelling song. oh yeah, I wanted to get back to that. Is how you you mentioned how this song being interesting. I think that's kind of the best way to put it. I think this this is probably the most interesting. Oh, besides War Pigs, actually, I think War Pigs is st- stand out. But this this in the way that it, yeah, kind of moves through these different movements and they're kind of like cutting through it and just like really paving their way through this. It's like, crazy... it's like a symphony. Yeah, it is. It's got movements to it, and I think yeah, it's probably the most interesting, compelling, thought provoking. This is the least thought-provoking. Rad salad. Yummy, yummy.
What is this, Yusuf Days? <laughs> uh, even Yusuf Days doesn't get that crazy, man. This is ridiculous. Oh, it's so much fun. The fact that you got a fucking two and a half minute ridiculous instrumental with a ab- absurdly long <laughs> drum solo in it. Yeah. Isn't that perfect? I, I, I just feel like I feel like someone so was perfect. Ringo. I feel like someone was Ringo in this band. It might have been the drummer. He was yeah. like, "Come on, boys, give me one." <laughs> Although he he has so many good shining we'll moments. Call it something this. nasty like rat salad. Yeah, it'll be disgusting like me. <laughs> <laughs> he slept on the floor of the <coughs> the bassist apartment. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, just a, just was drumming with, with some like notepads for a while. Yeah. Um, I think Rat Salad's fun. It's two and a half minutes. I think it's it's great. I, I, to me, to me, what this song is 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 them being like, we're a fucking band and we can jam. That's that's what we do. Uh, a little of their history. I, I think they do that. something else. Cocaine. <laughs> Stop. I, I. This is a cocaine song. You think this is a cocaine song? This is definitely a cocaine song. How is this not? This is the most cocaine cocaine song, next to Cocaine by Eric Clapton that I've heard. And what, and what, uh, can I make my it's, point before you make your point? Go for it. Go for it. I please. just have a little bit of history in that they were just playing tons and tons of clubs. And, you know, they were there. And during that, they didn't have that many songs to play. So they just kind of ended up jamming a lot. And so I think that because of that, they just became like pretty proficient jammers and able to work together. And I think that's where a lot of their songs got born. Uh, but this in particular, I think this is just them being like, All right, we can't look at this jam. Like we can have cool jams, but uh, I guess cocaine probably, uh, you know, <laughs> aided them in this, in this search for a cool jam to put on the album. I think yeah, definitely, yeah, cocaine definitely uh, was a part of this album. That's for sure. Yeah, I guess I, I went to that. Maybe, it, maybe it's not for sure. Maybe it's not for sure. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe they didn't do, start doing drugs until 1978. I don't know when people started doing cocaine. I feel like cocaine is like mid seventies to sixties, seventies. Yeah, it was in the sixties. Like people were doing cocaine as early as in the sixties. These guys are I don't know. Birmingham, so I doubt anyone got cocaine to Birmingham in the late sixties. They were a band, though. They were Bands. a band. If anyone was going to, it was going to be them. Yeah, I don't know. Look, I don't mean to. I don't, really, I don't to. Det- I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong, or I'm not trying to detract from you. I was just like, I was just kind of uh, shocked by your. Uh, assumption or whatever de- declaration this, this just, is a cocaine song <laughs> it just sounds like cocaine it just sounds like cocaine that is hilarious okay so that makes you like it like like it less no no it, it's just that's just the song itself is just crazy it's hard to listen to it's, just, it's all over the place i mean it's fun it's fun though i mean it's it's a really cool song yeah it's, and it, it's it, it, it's almost like whiplash like it's jazz drumming in a lot of ways it's very just a uh, distached what's the word yeah. that's used for it not detached it's uh dis disaligned i don't know it's like uh like you called chet faker at one time where it's like it's just everything just is a little bit broken oh i'm not sure but uh yeah it's definitely kind of yeah okay i see that's where you, that's where you're saying the cocaine is from where it's, yeah. it's all kind of disjointed and kind of like doesn't really make any sense together yeah cocaine is 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 but, linked with jazz heavily oh yeah absolutely 100 percent i think there, there was a study done where there was a study done with the rats where they played, they gave rats cocaine and then 
and then yeah uh, right forget what it was or they chose them to listen to or they 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 measured their brain activity and they oh with jazz, jazz? Yeah. wait that's okay i didn't know there's a linkage of jazz that's really funny yeah they played like different music for rats on cocaine and saw which ones their brains responded to the most and jazz was the highest one on cocaine <laughs> or something like that I, I might not have that exactly right but oh my god um yeah no i don't know i like this song is like it does i think it's such a fun little thing to have at the end of the album but it could have also been the like fuck man we have all these things we just knocked out of the park we got fucking hits on here we gotta have something and that's funny being that this is an eight song album but again this was made in like six months (laughs) yeah yeah oh my god but it works it works in the album i think it's fun if you if you can have a song like this you toss it on there yeah yeah exactly all right uh let's go into our to our last one um the closer jack the stripper slash fairies wears boots i'm gonna kind of skip the jack the stripper part it's 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 another kind of instrumental start it's kind of a b-side to rat salad in a way but uh but you know fuck it wear boots but him seeing some fairies wearing boots with some gnomes that's definitely what it's about uh is it bad that for a little while before i looked up the lyrics i thought it was uh, making fun of gay people uh, i don't know it still could be eh? i don't know <laughs> I, I, I didn't think about that at all because <laughs> you know they used to call gays fairies and i was like oh, but uh but you look it up no they're just talking about imagery and being high so just as as, hallucinogens right like, yeah this is, this is literally just about hallucinogens which leads me to say i like this song it's six minutes and it's the last song in the album what the fuck <laughs> how do they end the album like this I, it actually makes me kind of angry well why is that i don't know i just I think because Warpigs is such a strong opening, this album is so cohesive. I think it deserves better than being like, dun, 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 I like to get high <laughs> and then it ends. And that's it. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. what we get. You got all well, these like great statements and like these powerful things. Yeah. And then that's how they end it. <laughs> it's true. This like uh, going back. Yeah. I mean, it's like you have this entire thematic theme going through the album and then this is like yeah. completely different. And it yeah. also isn't, it's not dark at all either. No, which is no, yeah. Different I, from exactly. Again, this is more classic rock kind of feeling. It's not heavy, not heavy in the yeah. way that the other songs are. And yeah, lyrically, it's kind of like a joke. Absent, <laughs> yeah. 
maybe it is maybe it's maybe it's not maybe it means something more with fairies wearing boots but i highly highly doubt it maybe so, yeah I, don't I, don't know. Know. I was just i'm just so disappointed every time the song album ended i'm like wait it's over now like it just seems like such a shrug to end not even a shrug just like it just seems like it should have ended there it seemed like there should have been a ninth maybe song to end it on i i don't know but like i not i wouldn't pick any of the other songs that are on here to end this album with so i think that that might be the difficulty here and also it's 1970 where um you know the concept album wasn't reigning supreme and you know the the albums at this time were still in a lot of sense a collection of songs so it does make sense but yeah when did did that start happening i I mean i feel like dark side of the moon has got to be one of the one of the big ones that put yeah i think i think dark side is 69 uh if i'm not mistaken let me let me double check um, because that that is definitely one of the, the starters for like kind of a more co- oh that's 73 73 so that's after this but still that's not that's not the common practice or the common idea which is funny because like a lot of people when they kind of defend the the, the the art of listening to albums and the art of making albums is this kind of like more collection of a whole but it's like that wasn't the thing for a long it wasn't that thing for so long of a time that it was like a big deal you i know? can't name a time where it was the thing well, I mean, I can think of concept albums like Tommy. That's obviously the thing. What's Tommy? By the Who? Oh, yeah. I don't know the names of the albums of the Who. Oh. Well, the, and the, that was like their grand concept album where it's about the deaf, dumb, and blind guy. True. Right? And it's, yeah, it's a and, triple album. Yeah, that's true. And Who's Next was just a rock opera broken into an album. And there was, Exactly. Yeah, but it's, true. it's more or less thematically similar, I guess. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I think the idea of it being aesthetically similar and sonically similar makes sense but the Beatles are the ones that kind of revolutionized the idea of what an album could be in my mind is that you know you got Sgt. Pepper's where all their songs collectively sound um, they, they, they they fit together to, to build a greater whole and I think a lot of the songs on Paranoid do yeah. that accomplish that well, idea I, you use the word thesis with Odessa and I think that that's a, a good word to explain that Definitely. And I think War Pigs is a good thesis uh, for this album. Yeah. And I just. Not paranoid. Yeah. Not paranoid. No, no, no. I think War Pigs is the better thesis. And I think most things kind of fit into that. And this song doesn't. And it just bothers me that this is the last song and it doesn't fit into it. I just. It could be. This could be just like a B side song and it doesn't need to necessarily fit in. And that's fine. But I want the closing to tie into the opening. Yeah. Do you think. Do you think they might have rushed it? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think definitely. I think they were just trying to capitalize on the the popularity of their album. I think Paranoid is doing super well, and they're like, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do, we gotta. Oh no, I guess Paranoid did it really single. Out now. Yeah, yeah, but Osborne. Trying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think which is his first name, by the way. I just plus. didn't know about Osborne. that Osborne. Name is Osborne and John. Really, which is a super weird name. So Ozzy was nicknamed because cause of Osborne, Ozzy Osborne. Yeah. So that's really Osborne Osborne. Yep. <laughs> His nickname is Osborne Osborne. Osborne John. Yeah. Um, but oh sorry, uh, never mind. I had that wrong because in the writing credits they put the first name after oh, I forgot. So it's John Osborne. So it's John Osborne. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. I was really confused about that. So that's 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 paranoid. Um how do you how do you feel? How do you feel at the end at the end of that? Real assigned to it. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't 
when before I was when I was listening to it, I didn't separate out like which songs kind of fit the exact narrative of this album and which songs didn't. And it's mm-hmm. it's fun. It's so funny to me that Paranoid is a sore thumb on this album, and it's the mega hit of their whole band forever. <laughs> so that that's they really must fun. hate it, right? They have to hate it. Uh, Having yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not. It's it's certainly not as masterful as anything else on this album, really. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure they. I'm sure they. I'm sure they understand why to the point where they can't hate it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like as 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 a musician, yeah. you, it's almost like how much do you want to sell out and make pop music? Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. No one. No one wants to, but a lot of people do. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're even trying to do that. I think they just play the song, and I think yeah, record executives are like, "This is the song." And they're like, "That's the song." Yeah. Yeah, 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 I guess so. <laughs> I think they thought they were making another rat salad, but they <laughs> 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 their biggest hit. Maybe they, yeah, maybe they did. Maybe they did. Um, I, I really just make something sloppy and fun, and it came out. I, yeah, I that's probably simple right. and fun, quick. I guess it's. Um, dun, dun, dun. You liked it? Were you happy? Are you happy that I picked it? Yeah, definitely happy you picked it. I think you, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I'm glad we reviewed this album for sure. Me too. I and think I think we'll is... be able to reference this a lot also because this song is ahead of its time in a lot of ways and and uh, and the precursor of so much. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I will say it, it was uh, fun to listen to, but it's it's so funny uh, following Odessa because Odessa, like I said before, it was like, boom, throw it on work, throw it on whatever, listen to it constantly because it's so easy to just put on this album. You could not do that to. You had to be like, okay, I'm going to yeah. listen to this now. I got go to go into the Black Sabbath hole and, yeah. and hear what they're doing. <laughs> and man, yeah. were they having fun. I want, yeah. I want to mention this because I, I, it's something that is I found funny while I, would, while I was looking at some of the, like, the live videos and stuff of Black Sabbath is how remarkably calm they are while they're playing this show and maybe hmm. and it's like it's almost like it's almost like the rolling stones calm where it's like it's a rock song and yeah they're rocking but it's like that they don't have the theatrics at all playing yeah. this music which is yeah. ridiculous to me that you can't have war pigs without theatrics because the song is one of the most dramatic songs of all time in rock and yeah. metal. And you, you think it when I think of Warpage, I think it was just like this huge thing, this huge balloon of of <laughs> momentum and epicness. Yeah. To think <laughs> that there's just four dudes on stage playing a song and playing a little ditty, then that's pretty fucking insane to think about. Um, were you watching live performances like more recently, or is this like back in the past or what? I, I watched the original nineteen like nineteen seventy performances of this of of uh Paranoid. Okay. And not Iron Man, but I'd like to watch Iron Man now. And then I also watched some later Black Sabbath, like from uh, just shows that they played in 1970, late 70s. And then I watched a bunch of Ozzy Osbourne solo work from the 80s. And all uh, it got progressively crazier over time, as did Ozzy yeah. Osbourne, but, of right. course. But it really started in something that's not too f- far off from the, the general feeling of Pink Floyd. Yeah, it's kind of not like... musically, but yeah yeah the way that you're watching them they're just like dudes playing music and that's yeah it. just dudes playing music they, they look a little funny but everyone did in the 70s and 60s so yeah yeah i guess when i think of like um when i think of theatrical i definitely think of later 70s and the 80s is when people started to get like way more crazy with their shit and i think that's kind of what set the who totally. apart is because they were unafraid to do that 
because the who were going nuts like all the time like from when they came out right <laughs> yeah, i think that was white suit yeah 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 i think that was a lot different than the beatles were wearing literal suits yeah and then they well and the beatles stopped touring uh during uh sergeant sergeant peppers they didn't tour yeah, after 75 when was that what sergeant peppers was like 66 oh, okay yeah yeah that was like in the middle of their career and then they didn't tour anymore after that so they did the suits thing they did their look and then they basically didn't tour when they started getting experimental is my let, understanding let be, didn't let it be come out in 1970 right yeah i think so and that was their last album 1970 yes but you can pretty much just lay a lot of stuff along the lines of the Beatles. I think a lot of people would do the same thing with Elvis Presley. I don't know Elvis Presley very well. No, you can pretty much you can pretty much draw a lot of timelines of music through the Beatles pretty easily through the fifties. Yeah, 60s. I think I think they're a reference point for a lot of people to to be what, what modern rock is today. Is a of very, course, very good starting point. Whereas David Black Sabbath is going to be the starting point for a lot of metal music. That's true. Um, uh, do you want to pick a song? Yeah, I would you... say I would say my song, my t- I don't know, I don't know. Let's talk about it a little bit because I think my my surprise song was Hand of Doom. Like if I had my, to pick the yeah, song. my surprise song is a hundred percent Hand of Doom. That's why I was silent when you said it earlier because I we both knew War Pigs, Paranoid, and Iron Man, and so I'd be okay. Like I said, I can't really listen to Paranoid or Iron Man anymore. And I really like Planet Caravan. It's kind of like the secret fun one. But Hand of Doom is the one where I was like, this is crazy and so interesting. Like, honestly, for me, that would be the the, the best pick. I think, uh, I think it would be the best pick as well. Yeah, I think it's the sleeper I, I they I wish they, it was a song about something different. But this you don't want just, a song about her? I, I mean, it's just a... Yeah, you know a song about her one? It's a little bit uh, rife with the... Uh, hypocrisy and also just explicitness it's like very, yeah but but damn it's so good sonically that it'd be hard not to but i i see what you're saying with planet caravan though and i also like the idea of kind of adding an interlude to the playlist because we don't have an interlude to the playlist we're shaping this playlist we don't have standards for this playlist it's not like just our favorite song it's we're just kind of building this playlist out so yeah i mean war war pigs i feel like it comes down to i i would say for me it was between war pigs and hand of doom War pigs and yeah, that that's what I was thinking too. But I just feel like uh, war pigs is too on the nose. I feel like it's it's too easy. Yeah, it definitely is stereotypical. And that's why I kind of, that's why I kind of like hand of doom more. But hey, what, what other? Hey, let's go back, or let's look at the playlist. Like, what else do we have that it's? Because we have new sensation digging your scene. We we do we do uh, sure thing. We pick the easy one. Um, yeah, that song is eight, too good. Eight Miss Baby, we pick the easy one. Tidal Wave, we pick the single. Peg, we pick the. Peg is the biggest song. Peg yeah. is the biggest song out of the album. Yeah. Up against the wall is the B-side sleeper, and if you don't, is the B-side sleeper. So we we kind of we go back and forth, but we're we're typically more fond of the B-side sleepers, and that's what that's what Hand of Doom is. True, true. I guess if you're talking about yeah, I I I, I do kind of like Planet Caravan would go really well on that playlist though. That's what I, that's what I was gonna say. I kind of do like your idea of doing Planet Caravan for the little interlude feeling because if we're talking about building the playlist, which I wasn't really considering that before, I was kind of just picking songs from the, from the album. But the idea of actually playing, making a playlist out of these insane, ridiculous songs. Yeah, trying to trying to find a slight, just a good mix of different songs. You know what? That's fun. I like it. Let's do Planet Caravan. Planet Caravan, it is. Toss it on. Very good. Very good.
Play Doom, you're going off. Oh, that's funny. That may that may change the rest of the songs that we put on here is to pick, look at what we got and try to try to create a cohesive whole out of just the mess. <laughs> That's, yeah. that's a funny job okay I, I love that actually that is so much fun um and uh with that i think it's on to to, to pick the next album ball okay so here's the deal i'm conflicted and this is the first time i've been conflicted i've i've come out of every week with with, an, with a, a firm idea of what i wanted to do and the reason is I have this one album that I, f- I find interesting and I think I would take, but the problem is I think I would get a lot more out of it than most people would. So here's what I'm going to do. The album that we're going to listen to is the low end theory by a tribe called <laughs> quest 1991. <laughs> no, you did not. And, and uh, that's because I think we can carry on the conversation into that album. And I think it'll be, really cool to hop to hip hop hip hop i don't think we've listened to hip hop um album yet no uh no yeah we did we did corday oh we did rap oh of I course guess. we did yeah no corday is definitely hip hop what am i talking about yeah 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 so we'll we'll, we'll hop to 1991 tribe code quest low in theory love it and uh yeah and i'll save the other one maybe for another time i was i wanted to look at phil specter's wall of sound do you know anything about that of course i know he just okay, died I, he just died didn't yeah, he kill week. somebody yeah, just, he was in prison. I, he was in prison. I, okay, he so he just died like literally I, days ago. Oh, that's crazy. I was gonna yeah, pick. I was gonna insane. pick one of one of the albums that he produced and talk about <laughs> and, talk, and so we could talk about the Wall of Sound. Um, right. It's kind of a trash bag, so I guess it's it, we can just avoid that. We'll save it for another time. Yeah, another time. I, I'm I'm completely down with Trap Called Quest. So and I just so we both you both just you just learned about what I just learned about the Wall of Sound. I had no idea what oh. that was. Oh, that's funny. Uh, okay. I thought you were talking about Tribe Called Quest. I was like, damn. <laughs> oh, no, no. Definitely no Tribe Called Quest. Although I've never listened to this album and I'm, yeah. and I'm stoked to because this, this should be some really good songwriting and, and music production. Definitely. Uh, this will be a lot of fun. And it's an album I've listened to but never, ever gotten into by any means. Uh, and, it's, and it's just so, it's too perfect that we both were like, yo, this is a Tribe Called Quest beat. Yeah. That's, <laughs> like, that, not, yeah. Not only were we like, this is a rap beat, <laughs> this yeah, is a beat. <laughs> and it's just because it does sound like the it did sound like a Velvet Revolver song. Uh, yeah, because they 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 just they use they use like really like acoustic jazzy drums uh, as opposed to the, the, the 808 drum machines. So cool. All right, I like that, and I already know we're just gonna do the first song and. Uh, any any final thoughts? Any 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 conclusions? Any things you want to shout out to your to your haters, to your lovers, Paul? Uh, that, that I have no <laughs> I have no cumulative message. Go and listen listen to the full full uh, full paranoid album all the way through. It's a really really fun time. Hundred percent. If you ha- somehow have gotten to the end of this and aren't convinced of that, I don't know why you listen to this. <laughs> what about you, Jay? Any any resounding last messages? Resounding last messages is, you know, maybe I could like metal. Who's to say? All right. From all of us here at the Album Crawl, I'm James Johnson <laughs> and I'm Paul. And here's Excursions Thanks by for Trespass Quest. And thank you for listening.
back in the days when I was a teenager Before I had status and before I had a pager You can find the abstract, listening to hip hop My pops used to say it reminded him of bebop I said, well daddy, don't you know that things go in cycles Way the Bobby Brown is just amping like Michael It's all expected, things are for the looking If you got the money, quest is for the booking Come on everybody, let's get with the fly mode Still got room on the truckload of black Listen to the rhyme to get a mental picture of this black man, black woman picture. Why do I say that? Cause I gotta speak the truth, man. Doing what we feel for the music is the proof. And planet on the ground, the act is so together. Bona fide strong, you need leverage to sever. The unit, yes, the unit, yes, the unit called the jazz is delivering each year an LP filled with street goods. You can find it on your rack in your record store. If you get the records, say your thoughts are adored and appreciated. Cause we're ever so glad we made it. We work hard, so we gotta thank God. Dishing out the plastic, do the dance till you're spastic If you diss, it gets drastic Listen to the rhyme, cause it's time to make gravy If it moves your booty, then shake, shake it, baby All the way to Africa, aka the motherland Stick out the left, then I'll ask for the other hand That's the right hand, black man Only if you are noted as my man If I get the credit, then I think I deserve it If you fake news, don't fix your mouth to word it Get in the zone of positivity, not negativity Cause we gotta strive for longevity If you watch up, what's in that? What? Up here, a Nike size 10 and a half